Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The community says goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Lee gets his first Ford ride. Big change, come up to Queensland and um, back in my hometown. While there's still a few seats up for grabs. You can see a lot of the teams are sorted, but there's a lot of teams struggling to put proper budgets together. And that's... We look at all this and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. The memorial service for Jason Richards was held last Monday with over 2,000 family, competitors and fans on hand to celebrate the life of the popular New Zealander. Mark Beretta hosted the ceremony with motorsport chaplain Gary Coleman, former teammates Cameron Conville, Jason Bright and Andrew Jones, along with close friend Paul Dumbrell, all speaking. David Richards, Jason's father, spoke along with the video message from V8 Supercars chairman, Tony Cochran. Lee Holsworth had his first outing in the Irwin's Tools Falcon at Queensland's Morgan Park last week. Holsworth taking the time to learn the intricacies of the new ride. So I need to get my head around this, um, this Ford and um, it's a, a different style of driving um, to, to what I'm used to so as soon as I get my head around it I'll sort of know where I stand and um, you know, I thought a top five would be, uh, would be a good start. Holsworth's move back north he believes is well-timed, as the team is not finished climbing the ladder. In my decision-making on where I'd end up for 2012, I, uh, I think I made the right decision in, in picking Stone Brothers because they look like they're on the cycle, nearly at the top of their cycle, and I think I've got on board at a really good time. So, um, yeah, exciting times, and, and plus Van Giz and Slady will, uh, will be good competition, and I'm sure I'll learn a bit off them. With seats still up for grabs, what did Carl Reindler tell the V8 Insiders? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I don't know what to expect, but uh, a move is exciting for me. Um, change of environment, different approach maybe. So just a different outlook on everything is, uh, is, is probably a, a healthy thing. Alex Davison's future is still in the balance. It could be decided on how much money his rivals have available to them. What does Alex Davison think about pay drivers in the series? As we can see, a lot of the teams are sorted, but there's a lot of teams struggling to put proper budgets together, and that's where, um, you know, the handful of drivers around who have a big bag of cash with them, whether it's their own personal money or sponsors or whatever, um, you know, they have a bit of an advantage. And, you know, it's a bit of a difficulty I'm finding with, you know, one of the particular seats at the moment is they, you know, really want to run me in the car and I would love to, to drive for them um, but they're struggling to put 
a commercial package together to run the car professionally, we'll probably have to take a pay driver. So that's, you know, that's whether and it doesn't matter if it's a one-car team, a two-car team, or a four-car team. You need to have as a team. It, obviously, it's not easy, but you need to have, um, you know, enough sponsorship coming in to to run the car. In this edition of V8X Magazine, on sale now, James Courtney opens up about his failed championship defence. They look at how V8 supercar drivers reign internationally and speak with the new champ, Jamie Winkup, whilst also looking at the success of Clipsal and the first picks of the Bottolo car. That's the news on the V8 Insiders. We speak to Mountain Sweetman in the white flag lap this week, but after the break, it's Andrew Clark and Adrian Mussolino. On this week's White Flag Lap, Dick Johnson Racing's Malcolm Swetnam talks about their plans for the future, what happened late in 2011, and, well, this year, it's looking like the team wants to quickly improve as part of a larger Ford revival. I, well, I guess it is fight back. Um, it, it, it has been a disappointing year in many ways. I think that uh, I wouldn't necessarily attribute the lack of performance or form to it being a Ford product. I think there have been circumstances, I mean, I, I'm not privy to what goes on in other teams, certainly within this team there are circumstances that have created the position that we're in now. Um, and we've just had to grit our teeth, really. Um, yeah, obviously you have much higher expectations for the year coming, and we certainly wouldn't be looking at expanding our activities if we didn't think that a we could do it and b that it would be a good thing and we do think it's a good thing with lee holsworth moving to stone brothers racing david reynolds to fpr and fiori moving into the dick johnson racing fold the blue oval has strengthened its ranks yeah i mean obviously i've seen holdsworth at fairly close quarters because they're in the garage next door i don't know anything about reynolds really at all um listen spr a good team FPR are a good team. They're all good teams. It's not a bad team in the pit road. So from that perspective, I I think we'll all be at the top of their game. And a a championship that's measured in tenths rather than whole seconds will continue to be. How important is expansion at Dick Johnson Racing's for the team's future success? It's definitely a positive. you're, You're acquiring more data. Um, obviously you need reasonable to good drivers to have good quality data but if you staff the car correctly with good people um, none of our cars will be what I might term the leper car you know they'll all be on an equal footing and it's the same for everybody but I think what's hurt us a little bit is Stephen's working with a new engineer this year though he has F1 experience world rally car experience sports car experience He's been dabbled in V8s a little bit in the past, but it's new back to him. And to be top 15 or 50% drivers means he's only getting two half-hour sessions a weekend. And I'm not grizzling or whining, but it doesn't help, you know. And who knows, we might have four cars and they're all only doing two sessions next year. But having that accrual of data is a good thing. When you compare the information coming in with two cars and the other teams expanding... Is there any way that they could keep up without getting more data? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to take anything away from what they do. You know, they're, 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 they're very good at what they do, as they all are. I mean, you look at Next Door, they've only had two sessions every, everywhere, pretty much. But, you know, their two race engineers have been together. I've just read the history of V8 supercars, and you see pictures of them looking young and fresh-faced, but they've worked together for years. And that continuity is very, very important. And I know it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm sure Roland 
puts a, sets a lot of store by. My thanks to Malcolm Swetnam, also Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark as the checker flag waves over another edition of the Van Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from V8X Magazine, it's both Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark. Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to both of you. It was a a, a sad way to start 2012, Adrian, with the memorial service of Jason Richards, who was much loved right up and down pit lane and right across the V8 supercar world. Yeah, and from all reports, it was a great celebration of his life at Sandown on Monday. Um, really strong crowd. I thought 2,000 to 3,000 people with the reports. And considering it was a business day, and um, I thought that was a great turnout, um, great support for the Richards family. And having heard the audio from the speeches of the day, I thought it was a great celebration of his life. Interesting to see how the community has come together when it was something so far away, Andrew, from what uh, you normally experience in the in the rough and tumble of the supercar world. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. And I think, you know, you've seen a couple of times when people have been sick inside the V8 supercar world that, the, you know, it's a, it becomes a bit of a family, an extended family in many ways. Um, but, um, I mean, Jason Richards, um, <clears throat> to me, was a pretty unique individual. I mean, clearly talented race driver, and um, I don't think that we ever saw him at his full potential. Um, because I think he made decisions based on loyalty uh, a bit more often than he should have in that sense and he could have ended up at FPR for instance which could have seen him as a totally different prospect but the unusual thing about him and and I know when people die we all get back and say oh he was a top bloke and he was this and he was that but I reckon if you walked along pit lane you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who would bag him or who would have said oh that Jason Richards you know I don't think much of him or anything along those lines and I don't reckon there'd be one other driver in the V8 supercar world who you could do that with. And I think that kind of marks him as a person. And, uh, you know, he was a pretty unique individual in that sense. Hmm. Adrian, it is an uh, interesting question now to ask what his legacy will be. It's difficult to say. I definitely agree. I think it was Tony Cochran who said that he, the record books, will ne- record books will never do him justice. And I think that's very fair. Well, I think his legacy, we should look at his Bathurst record. I think that spoke volumes, you know, second there a few times and so close to the win. And he seemed to sort of lift to a high gear up at Mount Panorama. And I think that's how we should remember him. Um, I also think it's sort of his legacy, it says a lot about the Kiwi influence in V8 supercars. And he was one of that generation who came over. And, um, you know, Greg Murphy's. We've got Van Giersberger now. It's a great way to remember him and the link between the two countries. Mm. Andrew, what's your thought on Jason's legacy? 
Oh, I think in terms of the legacy, I'm uh, yeah, totally with Adrian and, and Tony Cochran. You know, we really did not see the best of that drone man as a driver. Um, I think we saw the best of him as a person, um, but not yet as a driver. Um, in terms of like reflecting on his involvement in the series, I, I think it's going you know, to be a great time to sit back for V8 supercars and say, well, yeah, let's find something unique for our Kiwi cousins. And, uh, you know, maybe we do have an award at the end of year dinner for the best performed New Zealand racing driver or, you know, something along those lines. Um, something that's got, you know, a, a lifetime of things. You know, if you go and say, let's name the Grand Prix race after him or let's name the New Zealand Hamilton race after him, whatever, you know, that could die. Well, if you'll pardon the, the expression, you know, like the yeah, Hamilton, we know he's only got one year left. What happens after that? Do we go back to New Zealand? You know, when does the Grand Prix stop? So, you know, if you go and do that and name something like that after him, it's all, it could be all gone. But I think it'd be great to come up with a, you know, some sort of system that recognises, you know, the Kiwi performance, um, taking into account qualifying and racing so that, you you know, you can recognise the fact that he was a great qualifying driver. I mean, he did some magic efforts in the cars that he had in qualifying. Um, you know, but you top the qualifying session at Bathurst. People seem to forget these things. You know, he had that pole position in Darwin and he made the top 10 shootout, you know, a week after he rolled that car in Queensland Raceway. And, you know, he was fast, brutally fast. And I think, you know, if we could come up with something to say, you know, this guy had it, you know, and, and, and have an award. It can be the Jason Richards Kiwi Award, New Zealand Award or something. Um, but, you know, to me, it needs to reflect, um, you know, the qualifying and racing. I do think, though, there is merit in the um, naming the trophy at the Grand Prix in his honour, considering that was his final V8 race, and he really stole the, sh the show in 2011 with his second place, and I think that's how many fans would like to remember him by. So I think that's a great idea, and considering you know it is a non-championship round, it would give more meaning to that event. Mm. Of course, we uh, do all have to uh, remember the New Zealand race is the Mark Porter trophy. So that one's already got a name. There you go. You're, uh, you're smarter about that than I am. I didn't even remember that. Mm. And, uh, well, and perhaps that is actually what happens to old race drivers. And it is a fortunate truth that uh, once this generation of fans goes, there isn't a lot of uh, records, as you said right at the top, that uh, yeah. recognise his achievements. Andrew, we need to change topics. And uh, with a quiet start to the new year, over the last few years, you've normally got something hitting your inbox between 0000011 state year and uh, about 0001. But this yeah, year... when the kids flick, flick the tally on to watch the fireworks, I'd you know, jump to the computer to see all the emails rolling in to say, you know, who's got that extra drive and who's got this and... It was deathly silence. There was no movement at all. And, um, yeah, so it's a bit of a funny one. I expected uh, an announcement on uh, on Dave Reynolds at some stage, but um, that's been uh, as, quiet as, a, as quiet as a mouse, I suppose, at the moment. And, yeah, dead set, quiet year, quiet start to the year. Um, but, you know, part of that is that, you know, as we talk about it in V8X, you know, the silly season, uh, it's just so early these days. You know, silly season kicks off in the middle of the year before. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the V8X website today, and, uh, you know, there's only two TBAs left to fill. Um, you know, one of them you know, might not even make his announcement until the 11th of February when the cars hit the track. Um, the other one, I'm sure, will uh, will do their announcement a little bit earlier, being um, uh, Techno, Techno Autosport. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's just everything's signed and sealed, really. I mean, we know what's happening. It's just about whether or not somebody's going to tell us. Mm. And, Adrian, everyone has pencilled Andrew Thompson's name into the second Jonathan Webb car, haven't they? Uh, 
and no. It's still a bit up in the air. The whole silly season is hinging on some um, technical issues, basically. You've got the Paul Morris licence, which is still up in the air. And the problem with licences is because, you know, it's so... A lot of legal issues, a lot of technical issues, they tend to sort of be drawn-out processes. So there's a question mark there. Uh, Gary Rogers seems to be taking his time deciding on a replacement for Lee Holdsworth. And Brad Jones Racing, there's still a spot there. Um, and as we said, the Ryan, um, the uh, Dave Reynolds situation is still a bit unclear. So I think it could drag on for a couple of weeks yet. Um, they're not easy solutions. There's a few grey areas involved in those deals, so we'll have to wait and see. Do you think... And there's a couple of drivers running around with fat checkbooks at the moment offering a fair bit of money for those drives. So, you know, the question is whether it will come down to uh, to money or talent. Um and that's the issue with a couple of the seats available. They are sponsorship dependent, and that always takes time to work out. Yeah, I mean, I know of four drivers ranging at, you know, who've got one bloke's got 200 grand sitting in his pocket, another with 300, and I've got two guys with a million bucks in their pocket looking for a drive. Um, and, you know, the million bucks is a, is a fair whack to, uh, to not accept if you're, uh, if you're um, interested in, uh, in funding a team. And the critical thing is, with a smaller return coming in from your ownership of V8 supercars, it means you do have to find A, bigger sponsors, or B, more money from your driver. That's that's yeah, the cold that's reality. Yeah, clearly a factor. Yeah, I mean, I'm just preparing, doing a story for that at the moment for the, for the next edition of V8X, not the one that came out this week. Um, where we're looking at, you know, who, who has got the money sitting around and how do we get the pay drivers. And as you say, you know, because of the sell-off of the sport in the mid-year, you know, the, the returns from, from V8 supercars to each of the teams has dropped, um, but the running costs haven't changed. <coughs> um, and, you know, sponsorship's certainly not easy to get in this environment. So, you know, the pay drivers have, have got uh, yeah, have got a bit of whack. I've got a bit of authority at the moment. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, where they end up with their money is going to be the interesting thing. Mm. We need and to take... You also have to factor in their car of the future because some te- or most teams have to prepare almost two programs at the minute. Their program for this season and then preparing for car of the future. So with their budget, they've got to sort of be very careful about how they split them into those two programs. So if you have a driver come at you with a million-dollar tech, you're not going to knock them back. Mm. We need to take a break on that note. We'll be back with more on the V8 Insiders right after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Andrew Clark and Adrian Mussolino joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, uh, uh, we were sort of touching on this topic as we went to the break. What are the unanswered questions of 2011 and will they be answered in 2012? I guess the first unanswered question is who's going to be driving. We know that's going to be answered because if you don't turn up, that's quite a whack of money you've got to pay up for not being on the grid. Yeah, 150 grand an event. Mm. Yep, definitely. No. I, want- 
I mean, the, as I say, as I say, looking through the, the list, you know, um, as you say, there are three spots that are unanswered at the moment. Um, most of the people are, are continuing from from last year. You know, your main teams, your Wincups and Lowndes and, you know, Courtney and Tander and Kelly and Kelly and Davis and Winterbottom, none of those guys have changed. So um, we have stability at the absolute top end, at top level of the sport. Um, the question to me uh, this year is going to be, you know, how is Lee Holdsworth going to go at Stone Brothers with, with Van Gisbergen? And, uh, you know, to me, that's the one I just want to sit back and watch. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We also last year saw the rebirth of HRT in its newest, uh, newest guys. Adrian, is this going to be a year where they turn around? Well, I guess they turn around a lacklustre performance by Garth Tander and a dismal performance by James Courtney. It, it could be. It's hard to judge HRT season last year. When you win Bathurst, um, no matter how bad your season is, it, it always sort of has that positive spin to it. But uh, Courtney's title defence was poor, obviously the worst in the history of the eight supercars. And, and it really seemed like Garth Tander was carrying that team for most of the season. Now they've had the management changes. Steve Hallam comes in as CEO. Ryan Walkinshaw has a year under his belt. Um, in terms of leading the whole organisation. So I think it's looking good for HRT. Um, Ingle will add some experience and some sort of grit in that third car. So I think they could turn around. They just need to be more consistent, as everyone does against Triple A. And, of course, Andrew, uh, that's the benchmark, isn't it? The gold standard is uh, what Adrian Burgess is doing over there at Triple uh, A. And it has been for quite a few years. I mean, you look at their record over the past five or six years, and it's quite staggering. Um, and your average era of domination in this sport is about five years. Um, and generally, yeah, it's not that you get beaten, you fall off the perch, you know. SBR fell off the perch, HRT fell off the perch, DJR fell off the perch, you know. It's just what happens. Um, so the question is, you know, can Triple Eight defy those odds? Can they be the empire that... You know that keeps going on and on and on and you look at it and you think yeah i can't see any reason why they're going to struggle <clears throat> um you know they had a couple of technical issues late last year which i thought were a bit odd for them you know the the golden dramas for lounge at indy and and oh, sorry it's not indy anymore is it gold coast and uh, and for lounge at bathurst they were unusual things <clears throat> but you know they've still got the speed they've still got the drivers they've got the the team they've got the strategy they've got everything it's just i mean it's hard to see how they're going to get beaten in a sense um, and I, I actually think there's only one team that speed-wise can challenge them. Um, but the problem is that, you know, they keep on, uh, on mucking up in other ways. And that team is FPR. And, uh, you know, if they hit the ground running at, at Clipsal, then the fight's on. Hmm. Uh, and it fight's on in earnest. But the question is, um, can they do it? And, and Triple Eight's strength has been that when they hit the ground for the start of the season, they've been better prepared than anybody else. They've been faster than anybody else right from day dot. Um, and everybody else from there plays catch-up, and, you know, catch-up in sport's a dangerous process. Mm. And as I call it, Adrian, 2012 is the gap year because it's everyone's just going to run out and use every single part they've got left on the shelf because, as you said, the 2013 car of the future arrives. And if you take it from any sort of measure, Triple Eight should be leaps and bounds ahead of everyone because they launched the FG... And, and won. They launched the Holden and got beaten by a nose for the championship, but once again won out the Manufacturers' Championship. Now we're talking about a third launch in four years. Who wouldn't be backing Triple Eight to win that one as well? 
It is, absolutely. Um, if you look over the history of motorsport, when there are major regulation changes, the bigger, bigger budget of teams have the obvious advantage. Um, as you said, it's going to be an interesting gap year, and I remember speaking to a team boss who told me that there could be a lot of sort of mechanical failures in the second half of the season, because if you're a smaller team, you know, do you go and develop new parts for this car, which in six months' time you're going to throw in the bin, basically, or do you just sort of hold back and invest everything in the car of the future for 2013? And that's what's going to make an interesting season, and that's why I think teams like FPR, AAA, HRT could really cement their advantage this season and sort of separate from the rest at the top of the grid. Mm. Yeah, interesting, Adrian, too. We've seen a, a fairly big shake-up of the calendar and uh, also to formats that uh, 2012 is going to also put that stress on getting things right more regularly in a team sense. Yeah, we've seen the calendar's interesting. It's sort of been jumbled in a sense. You've got events like Tasmania moved to the start of the year, Phillip Island as well, Winton's moved back. So it's going to be an interesting see. Uh, it's going to be a different feel at an event like Tasmania, for example, which is at the start of the year rather than at the end. So it's not really, you know, at a time when the championship's on a knife edge. And I think that'll be interesting. Um, race formats, you know, it seems as though V8 Supercars is going to go ahead with its one soft tyre thrown in the mix during a race weekend or during a race. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think weather will be interesting to see if, uh, at Tasmania, for example, Phillip Island wins and if that plays a bigger factor given they've been moved so much. Mm. Uh, Andrew? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, um, I mean, V8 Supercars were quite clear at the end of last year that uh, the goal is to keep on shuffling the races around so that, you know, people don't become complacent and that they don't find life too easy, you know, give the engineers a bit of a challenge. And, you know, they've certainly done that. I mean, there are no soft tyre race, soft tyre only races this year. And, um, we're still looking at the three races at Barbagallo and three races, well, we haven't decided yet, but probably three races at Queensland. Otherwise, everything else will be the same except for uh, longer races on Saturday, um, which I think will be interesting as well, you know, go, uh, trying to get the Saturday race the same length as the Sunday race, which is a possibility. Um, yeah, weather's not you know, much of a muchness. I mean, you know, I think Simmons Plains at that time of year is not going to be too ugly. Phillip Island could be. Um, it's a bad time of year for there, but, you know. Um, the weather's good. I mean, more rain the better, I reckon, because the, uh, the racing's better in the rain. As, as we saw at Sandown this year. Is there anything you're looking forward to, Andrew, that we probably haven't touched on yet? Oh, no, I just think, um, you know, I mean, I always look forward to the start of a new season to see who can surprise me, you know. So who's sitting there that's going to, you know, at the end of next year, I'm going to say, geez, you know, that was, or sorry, end of this year, I keep forgetting we're in 2012 already. Um, yet that was a bloody good effort. I mean, uh, you know, I looked at um, Dick Johnson racing halfway through the year and I thought, you know, they, they really blew me away how they performed and then dropped off in the second half of the season, which... Um, you know, for all of those avid V8X readers would have read, you know, James Courtney saying that that's exactly what he expected to happen, that, you know, the development work from 2010 carried them through the first half at 2.11 and then they dropped off. But, you know, how is Steve Owen going to go in a, in a Dick Johnson racing run Falcon? You know, how's Dave Reynolds going to go at right, oh, sorry, at FPR? Um, Lee Holdsworth, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, you know, at Stone Brothers. Can Alex um, Davison give a two-finger salute to SBR? I doubt it. He's got to find a drive yet. Well, it sounds like he's going to go to Brad Jones Racing if they can come up with a sponsor to cover what they what they need, isn't 
Yeah, well, yeah, I understand that he doesn't have enough cash in his pocket to, to secure the drive, but Brad Jones seems pretty keen on the idea. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think you know, Lee Holdsworth at SBR is going to perform an awful lot better than Alex Davison at Brad Jones Racing. Mm. Um, you know, you just can't deny the resources and, and so forth that goes on in the sport. And as Adrian said before, you know, as the year starts to peter out, you know, and we're starting to see the fact that, you know, Brad Jones Racing doesn't want to go out and buy another $19,000 gearbox because they're going to buy a $45,000 one next year, you know, you'll start to see you know, equipment going past its life and, and getting stressed and, you know, you'll start to see breakages and you'll start to see uh, people having dramas that they weren't expecting because the smaller teams will not be able to afford um, to stay at the front like the bigger teams. Um, but the other interesting thing for me this year is going to be, see, it's, it's actually going to be the racing itself, you know. Are we going to see um, dinghy die racing not being affected by stupid decisions by race stewards you know are we going to see you know these guys going head to head and fighting for the championship you know will Mark Winterbottom challenge Jamie Wincup will Craig Lowndes be up there again um, you know and, and what are we going to see do the guys who are pure racers in this sport you know, and I can think of three of them right now who I reckon are a bit jaded with the sport and may not continue in the near future um, they might sell their teams you know will they get their love of the sport back this year mm. it's going to be an interesting time andrew what about you adrian anything we are uh, anything you're particularly looking forward to well i'm looking forward to off-track developments i think it'll be a massive year for the supercars when you consider we'll likely know the identity of any new manufacturers that are coming in um according to mark scaife and tony cochran they're um just about you know, ready to hop in come 2013 and that could be an announcement soon and I think that's a massive directional change for Viet Supercars. You've got the TV rights deal which will be finished sometime this year and announced. It'll be interesting to see not not just whether it changes channels or, you know, how much is it worth, is there a pay TV component, that sort of thing. And also the TVA event that we still don't know about, this mystery international event the week after Abu Dhabi where is that going to be? Is it going to be in the Philippines? Which other international countries are going to be added to the list? Um, so there's a lot to look forward to off track as well. Mm, there is indeed. It's a pleasure to catch up with you guys early in the new year. Look forward to seeing you all very shortly at a racetrack near you. Looking forward to it. Well, after the break, we speak to a man that Adrian and I have really enjoyed speaking to in Sydney. It's Dick Johnson Racing's Malcolm Swinton. I hope you stay with me. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, Dick Johnson Racing's Malcolm Swetnam talks about their plans for the future, what happened late in 2011. And, well, this year, it's looking like the team wants to quickly improve as part of a larger Ford revival. I, well, I guess it is fight back. Um, it, it, it has been a disappointing year in many ways. I think that... Uh I wouldn't necessarily attribute the lack of performance or form to it being a Ford product. I think there have been circumstances, I mean, I, I'm not privy to what goes on in other teams, certainly within this team there are circumstances that have created the position that we're in now. Um, 
and we've just had to grit our teeth really um, yeah obviously you have much higher expectations for the year coming and we certainly wouldn't be looking at expanding our activities if we didn't think that a we could do it and b that it would be a good thing and we do think it's a good thing with lee holsworth moving to stone brothers racing david reynolds to fpr and fiore moving into the dick johnson racing fold the blue oval has strengthened its ranks yeah i mean obviously i've seen holdsworth at fairly close quarters because they're in the garage next door i don't know anything about reynolds really at all um listen spr a good team FPR are a good team. They're all good teams. You know, it's not a bad team in the pit road. So, from that perspective, I, th- I think we'll all be at the top of their game. And a, me- a championship that's measured in tenths rather than whole seconds will continue to be. How important is expansion at Dick Johnson Racing's for the team's future success? It, it's definitely a positive. You know, you, you, you're acquiring more data. Um, obviously you need reasonable to good drivers to have good quality data but if you staff the car correctly with good people um, none of our cars will be what I might term the leper car you know they'll all be on an equal footing and it's the same for everybody but I think what's hurt us a little bit is Stephen's working with a new engineer this year though he has F1 experience world rally car experience sports car experience He's been dabbled in V8s a little bit in the past, but it's new back to him. And to be top 15 or 50% drivers means he's only getting two half-hour sessions a weekend. And I'm not grizzling or whining, but it doesn't help, you know. And who knows, we might have four cars and they're all only doing two sessions next year. But having that accrual of data is a good thing. When you compare the information coming in with two cars and the other teams expanding... Is there any way that they could keep up without getting more data? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to take anything away from what they do. You know, they're, 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 they're very good at what they do, as they all are. I mean, you look at Next Door, they've only had two sessions every, everywhere, pretty much. But, you know, their two race engineers have been together. I've just read the history of V8 supercars, and you see pictures of them looking young and fresh-faced, but they've worked together for years. And that continuity is very, very important, and I know it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm sure Roland puts, sets a lot of store by. My thanks to Malcolm Swinton and also Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark as the checker flag waves over another edition of the Van Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.